This is Anthony Pascal, and this is a special episode from the Trek Movie Podcast Network, recorded at the 56-year mission convention in Las Vegas on Thursday, August 25th. Creation Entertainment asked us to do a panel on the state of Star Trek, and the panel consisted of four different editors from trekmovie.com and four podcasters, myself and Lori Ulster from the All Access Star Trek podcast, along with Kaylee Acovino and Matt Wright from ShuttlePod. We were introduced by Scott Mance. Here's the panel. You know, there are, by my count, a thousand Star Trek podcasts out there. But there is only one that you should be listening to, not other than mine. And it is all access on trekmovie.com. Very excited for the state of Star Trek. If you want to know the state of Star Trek, you should be going to trekmovie.com. You should be following Trek Movie on Twitter. Uh, they are awesome, and we are very excited to have one on stage right now to discuss the state of Star Trek, and this is going to be a very exciting conversation. We have the podcasters, the editors, the contributors to Trek Movie. We have Matt Wright, Kayla Icavino, Laurie Ulster, and Tony Pascal. Thanks, Scott. Hey, everybody. How are we looking Bally so far? One's good. That was a little yeah. tepid, a little tepid. Here, Tony. Hello. There you go. I'll let Tony take over. He gave you a general update. We have two podcasts, actually. Matt and Kayla are with ShuttlePod, which predates All Access Star Trek. So two podcasts for the price of one. That's right. Well, so, I mean, this is a kind of an interactive thing. So, you know, we have thoughts, but, you know, we want to hear from the audience. Uh, but something that occurred to me is that, you know, a lot of us are fans from the 90s. We have some new fans out there. But at least to me, it feels like we're in a kind of a, a new golden era, in a way, for Star Trek. Um, it almost feels like the 90s, not exactly. Um, you know, the, you know, but uh, we've got five shows on TV right now. And uh, the books and the comics are ramping up in a big way. There's two new games coming out this year. Um, I mean, how many people knew all that? Like, how many people know what's happening in Star Trek? Like, can anyone here name the two video console video games coming out this fall? Anyone? Okay. So there is a Prodigy tie-in game. It's for kids, but it's pretty cool. Um, uh, the writer's room from Prodigy put it together. It's called Prodigy Supernova. And there's going to be a tie-in book. And I'm not, we're not here to talk about that. But is it like, so they're doing a, a game and a book tie-in. That's the kind of deep extended universe that we don't really see a lot in Star Trek. We see that more in Star Wars. So how many people here could like name all five current Paramount Plus shows? Wow. I feel like there's people who should be raising their hands that aren't. Shy. Um, well, you know, just a quick rundown. There's three live-action shows. Uh, Discovery still exists. Um, they're shooting their fifth season right now. And uh, there's a spin-off of that called Strange New Worlds. Everyone here, who, who here has seen Strange New Worlds? Hey, okay. Hello. Um, and uh, there's, Hello. Star there's Picard. Hello. Um, which is uh, going into its third season next year. Um, 
And then there, there's the Prodigy, which you just mentioned, which is a kid's show. It's worth, who here's watched any of Prodigy? Anyone? Hello. I mean, yeah, what do people here think of, you know, the fact that just Prodigy exists on the panel? I can tell you what I think of Prodigy, because I think it exemplifies everything that Star Trek's always wanted to be. I thought it would be a kid's show that I would sort of enjoy in a different, you know, okay, it's a kid's show, it's fine. I, I love it, I miss it, I think it's got the values of Star Trek, the aesthetic of Star Trek, and brilliant characters, which is what we always expect from the franchise. Yeah, I can't add too much to that. I think Prodigy is just the bee's knees, um, except for the fact that we still don't have an official Murph plush. Get on that CBS yes. Consumer Products. Rock Talk we 2, please. Rock Talk and Murph plush. <laughs> There, there are definitely some adorable characters. And, of course, Kate Mulgrew, who's... Also adorable. Who's adorable. And she's playing two, spoiler alert, Janeways, Janeways on the show. The, the real Janeway and a hologram version of Janeway um, in the upcoming season. It's gonna be, uh, there's going to be a lot of Janeways. I also feel like what that show's doing in a beautiful way is connecting the dots really nicely between 90s Trek and current Trek. A seamless connection and I feel like it's not always about going back into the past for the references but it is about sort of taking everything into the future together. And now speaking of references, um, who here has watched and has any thoughts on Lower Decks? Star Trek Lower Decks. Did you watch the season premiere? Yeah. We won't talk no about spoilers. it. I haven't yeah. seen it yet either. I've been here. No spoilers. It's, it's good though. Um, you know, that, that's not a spoiler. Um, Lori and I uh, just did our podcast, or tomorrow it comes out, our podcast. Uh, also me with too. Matt. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we think it, you know, it's, it's a little different. It's more, you know, it's a lot more of the same, which is a good thing, but I feel it's more character-based. It's getting a more mature in its third year, but, you know, there's, it, there's still some fun, you know, Lower Decks kind of humor. It's still goofy and silly in the way that you want it to be, but definitely with some depth to it, I think. Some earned depth. So um, who here is a, so we, we talked a little about Strange New Worlds here. How much do people here know about what's happening with, with Star Trek Picard? Like who here knows that the next generation crew are all coming back? <laughs> You know, by the way, you know, is there a mic set up? Like, because we're, you know, if people have questions and stuff like that, we'd love to hear what people have to say. So maybe raise your hand and someone could get you a mic or you could just shout at us like people do on the street. I'm okay with that. Um, I mean, I'd like to ask who in this room ever thought that they'd be back in an era of multiple back. Star Trek shows? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And in addition to the games and everything Tony mentioned, there's... Um, audio dramas, podcasts coming. There's so much more. There, there's merchandise coming. There's so much. Like, there, whoever thought that was going to happen again? There is actually an audio drama that was released this year tied to Prodigy. So Jerry Ryan and Michelle Hurd are both actors on... What did I say? Prodigy. Sorry. <laughs> that wasn't a spoiler. That was me being stupid. Um, the, uh, uh, and, and they recorded this audio drama, and it's great. It's the sound effects and music and... It's just a little adventure set between seasons one and two of um, Picard. And, uh, but it was, it was a lot of fun, and they're going to do another one of those. And now, the, next week, there's a comic book coming out that's set between seasons two and three of Picard. 
and one of the writers is one of the writers of Picard. So we're getting a much richer extended universe now. I, you know, I feel that was really missing, certainly, you know, 10 years ago, but even two years ago. Um, and you know, this year, we're going to get 50 episodes of Star Trek, which is, you know, pretty amazing. I mean, I'd, what's the most they ever did in the 90s? I mean, did, did they ever pass 50? Because there were the, you know, you'd have DS9 and TNG. Yeah, we had some crossover there that it may have gotten to that number because also their seasons were so long. Yeah, well, that's it. This is in the era of 10 episode, 12 episode seasons. So that holds even more weight then in that case. The fact that we're getting 50. Yeah, I often hear people say, well, what if they do 25 episodes a year uh, of these shows? You know, no one does that anymore, um, except for like CSI, whatever. Um, you know, that it actually takes them as long to do one episode as it used to take them to do two um, back in the day. So they're spending, and they're longer now. And you know, there's much more production value, so th there's so it is there is actually more work happening now than there was in the 90s. There's just fewer, technically fewer episodes, and there's going to be all the shows have been renewed except for Picard, which was always intended to be three seasons. But I think we're getting we're hoping to get a spinoff from that, but it's certainly something that they're talking about. Well, I think something to talk about the, the 50 episodes, too, is something that we haven't had before, is there's a wide variety of styles and kinds of Trek of those 50. We get two different kinds of animated shows. We get things like Stranger Worlds that are episodic. We get things that are heavily serialized. It's pretty cool. Like We get a wide variety of, do you like this Trek? Cool. In a few months, if it's not out now, you'll have something that kind of floats your boat. So I think that's really great. So who, who here watched the fourth season of Discovery? Mm. So, you know, a lot of so who who gave up on Discovery after the first season? You know, because I, I think people who the the show kind of acknowledged that the they were getting caught up in a knot, being so close to the original series, yet trying to do different things, which isn't a problem for Strange New Worlds. And so they said, "Screw it, let's go to the thirty second century." Like they just went to memory alpha and they said what year doesn't have any entries <laughs> and they kept you know they got oh well there's some you know there's the US relativity okay well let's try the next century and it, it took them a long time to find where there was like there's nothing out there so they can do anything they want and they are doing and they're doing crazy stuff the ships don't have nacelles anymore or they have nacelles but they're not attached or it's crazy and it's worth but it, but the show has a, a new confidence I think it's setting a new you know, level when it comes to diversity and inclusion, and it, you know, it's worth rechecking out. I think if you if you haven't, um, and they're shooting season five, like literally now, you know, um, in in Toronto. Yeah. And uh, the the thing I'm I mean, what do you so so panelists? What are you most excited about that hasn't aired yet? Because you've got Strange New World season two, more Prodigy, more Lower Decks, more Picard. I mean, I'm a prodigy junkie, so I'm very excited for that. But I'm also, I can't stop wondering what Picard season three yeah. is going to look like. Because yeah. it's going to be such a, a shift, and I think one that most of us yeah. really Hugely want and need. Hugely excited for that. Yeah, hugely excited for that. Especially, like, if you're listeners of our podcast, we've had Terry Metalis, who's the showrunner for season three on. It sounds amazing. Like, he's super excited about it. So, I mean, <laughs> with that kind of excited, 
Yeah. Oh, did I say something? I mean, showrunner? Yeah, new yeah, showrunner. Yeah, the, yeah, new yeah. showrunner. Yeah. But that's so. the, that's really the wild card, I think, right? I mean, yeah, I would say if I had to choose, it's just Prodigy because I'm really into the storyline and the characters. But I'm also just like I just echoing you here, but I'm insanely curious about Picard season three. I don't know if I'm looking forward to it, except for to satiate my curiosity, because to me, it's like such a wild card. It could either be like completely amazing and give us the TNG send-off that we kind of were robbed of with Nemesis, and like, you know, do the right amount of fan service and just give me goosebumps, or it could go way too far off the deep end of crazy just fan service and, you know, just, oh, remember that guy and remember that. And I don't think it's going to go there, but it just feels like this huge wild card, especially because the first two seasons, you know, that, like I hear Brian pointing out over there, also from Shuttlepod, hey, Brian, that, uh, that Terry is the new showrunner, really. He's been involved with the other seasons of Picard, but this season is his, and there's not really any... Yeah, there's no one from like Akiva Goldsman, who's been season one and two. Those were like his pet projects. He's on Strange New Worlds now, so it it really you know we're hearing that it's going to be this huge shift in right. style and storytelling. So I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's going to be a new show. I mean, it's it's going to be called Picard, but he's been given total authority. He brought in a new director of photography. It's going to look different. It's got a new composer. It's going to be structured differently. They got rid of half the cast, which is kind of sad for people who loved like Rios and Girardi. Yeah, boo. Um, you know, but Rios is happy. He's back in time, and Girardi's a Borg now. Spoiler alert. Um. Well, I, I think the key to this, though, is that it's more of a singular vision than that show has been for the past two seasons. So it's not multiple voices with different ideas. We all know everyone has their own idea of what Star Trek is, and so... It's hard when you have multiple people who have different ideas of what that is, and I think with the new season of Picard, it's one person and that person's idea who gets to follow through and execute the vision they have in their head. See, and that part I think is really exciting, that one person, singular vision. Let's see what that vision is. So, so, um, yeah, and I'm really, I I mean, I'm I'm very excited about that. I'm really excited about Strange New World Season 2 because, again, the shows all. I think the show's going to even get better. I really appreciated what they did in season one. They're going to do a crossover with Lower Decks. I don't know if anyone here knew about that, but a couple of the characters from Lower Decks, Boimler um, and Mariner, are are going to be in live action, which is crazy. Well, and uh, then and then characters from Strange New Worlds will be animated. At least one, we Perhaps. think. Right, Appar- yeah, apparently. Perhaps. Perhaps. Anson Mount is going to get animated for a little bit, but we don't really understand how, but it, it'll be within season two of Strange New Worlds, not within Lower Decks, I don't think. Right, yeah, it's going to be It doesn't go both ways, but yeah, you're right. And he's going to be buff, he said. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, I just can't wait to see what they do with his hair. Um, <laughs> Bigger, taller. Yeah. <laughs> The hair's going to, like, take over. The, there should be an episode where the hair takes over the ship. Um, so before we move on to, to um, you know, 2024 and beyond, uh, you know, w- w- do peop- does anyone have any questions or comments or thoughts about all the shows and the books and the comics and everything happening right now? And if you got a it's, question, it's, please, there's a microphone up just here. Just come onto the mic just, and, you know, or or, run one it you. could be a random comment, a gripe, a nitpick. A rant? <laughs> oh, that's dangerous. Uh, okay, not a rant. A I cannon think. violation? So I had a question to go back to the conversation about length of episodes in a season. Um, do you think with moving to 10 episode, 12 episode 
uh, seasons that we lose depth of character to some degree that we had like in Star Trek in the 90s, an opportunity to build uh, more minor character roles like uh, Miles O'Brien or uh, Reginald Barkley type character uh, that we don't see. I feel like that's one thing that's missing inside of it. Um, and you said, you know, nobody does that anymore, but I feel like we said that about Episodic Trek and look at what Strange New Worlds did. It blew up. So uh, I feel like they should just do it and go for it and, and see, what, see how fan reaction is. I think, you, I think the excitement would be there. My two cents. <laughs> Don't think, uh, thoughts on that? I mean, I have thoughts, but I'm dominating the conversation. I, I have, yeah, I, I think I, you know, on the surface, totally agree with you. I would love that to happen. I think, though, you know, that for one thing, just think about the actors. Like, that's absolutely grueling. Like, if you hear about, you know, how much work was put into those shows, like, these people didn't see their families for seven years, you know, on these longer shows. So, it, I'm not, I wouldn't advocate for going back to that model, I think, largely because of that, it's like, sort of toxic workplace kind of thing. Um, but maybe there's a happy medium. Maybe you don't have to go all the way to 10, maybe give me a 15, you know, but I, I totally hear you and I, yeah. I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. I think, I don't know what the answer is though. Yeah, well one thing to remember sort of from the real world, real world production perspective is like, they were banging those episodes out in like seven days and instead, one of the reasons why we have 10 episodes is like they're taking two weeks to do one episode. They're taking a lot more time to set up shots, to do something really cool, like really fancy, build sets, redress sets, whatever. And so it's just taking longer to do kind of the cinematic style, you know, that we're now used to. They, they are also, I mean, cause something they used to do in the 90s were the kind of just dumb bottle episodes that you end up loving anyway. And they, you know, they did one of those this year on Strange New Worlds where everyone was into like this weird fantasy. It was like a holodeck episode without a holodeck. And so you, you can get some of that feel. I feel there's more character development in the current shows because even the, episo the episodic one like Strange New Worlds, it isn't uh, episodic when it comes to character development. So you know more about Uhura in... 10 episodes than you knew about her in three seasons um, because they are spending so much time developing these characters. That's a but, low bar, though. But, yeah, and I would say that they do, I mean, because of the few episodes, they do take shortcuts sometimes with moving sort of the minor characters to their next phase without maybe getting them, giving them a little time to breathe. But I think all in all, the quality is probably higher as a result of the new structure. So your, your comment? Amy. Hello. <laughs> uh, I wanted to hear a little bit from uh, both Lori as a mom and Kayla as a badass lady of STEM about how Janeway's returned as a mentor and prodigy, you know, how we have men women in more mentorship roles like Captain Freeman. Uh, in Lower Decks, we have, you know, so many fabulous ladies surrounding Picard. Um, and obviously the cast of Strange New Worlds is, is doing a great job as well. You know, Melissa and, and Celia and everyone is just fantastic. So I wanted to hear your perspective and especially, you know, because of Janeway and, and being back and everything. And it's so nice that we finally get to celebrate that uh, and just, you know, hear, your, hear everyone's opinion, especially as Janeway as a mentor in mentoring kids, you know, in, in STEM and in teaching them kind of like the wonder of science and the wonder of the universe. So I can't speak to the STEM part because I'm just a writer. But, um, <laughs> but as a, I mean, for me, coming up through my career when I was a TV producer, Janeway was a big role model for me in terms of a way to be a leader and a commander, but also you don't have to give up the emotion, you don't have to give up nurturing. Those things don't make you less of a leader, they make you more of a leader. And so what I, when I see her on Prodigy now, it's like it, it takes the maternal qualities that she had with, say, Seven of Nine, 
and applies them to kids, which I think is great. And it's, it's been a beautiful resurgence for me. And look, I always looked up to the, to the male captains in Star Trek as role models too. Like when I was a kid, I was like, I want to be Kirk, I want to be Spock. I want to be. I want it to be everybody. So I wanted to be Data, which is weird. I, <laughs> I don't know. Now that feels weird. But. Yeah. No, I think it's fine. But um, so, but it's great to have these women now, and especially I think for the next generation of people coming through, to see that there are all these possibilities and all these women. And and I would like actually to see more parents in Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I won't add too much to that because you've already said it so eloquently, but I totally agree. Um, you know, I hope that we can push this further. Um, growing up and watching these women who are people, women of science, they're, um, you know, doctors and lawyers and scientists and leaders and captains. Um, but they're all, I think that it is really important for me. I'm not a mom, but the fact that they are moms sometimes or that they can be nurturing was a huge thing for me and it continues to be, um, you know, it, in my life. I'm a scientist and I feel like I had to make that choice, um, in, you know, in the year that we're living now of do I want a family or do I want a career? Like the reality is that women today still have to make that choice. I made sacrifices, 100%. I made sacrifices, and I had to switch careers, honestly, to be the parent I wanted to be, and it's right, not for exactly. everybody. But because I didn't want to not know when I was coming home at night and I was working in TV production, I had to step out for a while. Yeah, and I'm, you know, it's, I feel sad that I had to make that choice. I don't regret the choice that I made. I don't either. But I love this idea of showing the, this future for women where you don't have to choose. And I did see Cisco as a big parental role model because I thought he was an extraordinary parent who found that balance in a very unique way. As we know, there's five shows right now. Uh, Star Trek IV that's in purgatory hell. And do you think that we're going to get to a point with this much Star Trek that it will get to be like the 90s in the fact that people... I think Enterprise didn't succeed because of fatigue burnout. I think had it flipped and Enterprise had it been Voyager, and Voyager had it been the last one, they may not have gone seven seasons. Do you think that we are in danger of potential fatigue of the franchise? Because we all know on Star Trek Day, they're probably going to announce more series. Well, uh, bear in mind, it's, it's, it's a whole different model. Um, streaming is a, is a whole different ball game. Uh, Paramount Plus is still growing as a streamer, so there's still, it's the fastest growing streamer. So there's a lot of people, including as we just know, you saw, there's people in this audience who haven't seen, there's dozens, dozens of uh, new Star Trek episodes for you to enjoy when you sign up for Paramount Plus. So um, you know, I don't think so. Uh, there obviously is a limit. I think 50 is about the limit. 50 episodes a year is pretty much. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if they scaled that back a little bit. But we are seeing other franchise, the Marvel franchise, the Disney are. You know, if you look at what they're planning um, uh, for Disney Plus, it's about the same level of uh, uh, content for those franchises. Um, and so I think I think it's sustainable. As long as Wall Street still 
you know, doesn't punish Paramount for spending so much money in content, not just on Star Trek, but on everything. I also want to add that I think Enterprise has a lot of really fun episodes, but I think that part of the reason, I don't think it was just because it was the next one in line. I think there were some issues with that, that it was hard yeah. to, they built up a big audience that was interested in, I think, a wider range of characters and stories, and then they kind of narrowed that back when they did Enterprise. There were also a ton of weird growing problems with UPN at the time, too. Yes. Like insisting that there be boy bands that appear. I don't know if you guys, yeah. That's the whole thing that Brandon Braga says, that the, the UPN was so out of touch with what Star Trek was that at one point they were like, couldn't you just bring the boy band of the weekend and they could play in the mess hall or something? And it's like, no. So there were a lot of problems like behind the scenes that have nothing to do with you know the writing or anything. So before we take the next question, the last guy mentioned there are two active shows in development. Um, that's been confirmed by Alex Kurtzman, who's kind of in charge of everything, both of which he's implied will have female leads. It's a, it's a good chance one of them's going to be a Michelle Yeoh-led show. Um, if, if she can free up some time. Yeah. And the other one is, is probably going to be based around Starfleet Academy. I wouldn't be surprised if it's set in the Discovery era and we see Tilly maybe as part of that. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, hopefully we'll learn more in September. Um, another question. How much time do we have, Scott? Like four minutes. Oh, okay. Go. okay. Speak okay. fast. Okay. So um, <laughs> watching Star Trek as a kid, um, just the best part of it was the escape. Escape from the world that we're in now to the future that had hope that was going to be better. And they didn't really touch on it a lot with Next Gen, with mental health, with Troy. But I really like that they acknowledged that that was a factor in everyday lives. Watching season two of Picard was kind of difficult in that respect because I'm just like, okay, yes, I know our world is not great with pronouns or uh, the whole ABC spectrum of the rainbow and how, you know, it was just watching it. It was just like, okay, I know that our world kind of sucks, but I watched Star Trek. That's, that's not what I was looking for in Star Trek when I watched season two of Picard, especially when they handled the mental health aspect of Picard's mom. I'm just like, where are we in a world in the future where we're handling this? And so I just wanted to touch on your thoughts because I really wanted to come to this panel because I was just like, what is happening to our Star Trek now? Is it pandering to the mainstream? Is it not adhering to the philosophy of hope in a better world and... Well, I, I mean, it's a good, it's a very good question. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that is different about Star Trek now it, than it was in that era is that there's each of the show is shows is different, very different in style, in structure. Picard is not uh, escapism. Right. It is a deep dive. It is a psychological show. At least the first two seasons, and season two was rough in that way for right. sure. Um, and Discovery gets into that too, and some of that, it, 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 it kind of tries to straddle the line. Strange New Worlds is very escapist, mm -hmm. I feel. Uh, Lower Decks is just, a, just fun as mm -hmm. hell. Um, uh, you know, so, I, w what I like is they're not, tr they are doing some of that, but they're not always doing that, mm -hmm. because each show, I, I, I like the idea that, you know, we, we have this kind of, grab bag of shows, you know, and if you don't like one of them, that's, that, in a way, that's by design, perhaps. Okay. But, you know? But, I do think we pretty much agree about that Picard storyline in particular, that we were all, I mean, I'm the daughter of a therapist, yeah. yeah. and as I watched that, I was like, 
there's no treatment, there's no, like, uh, you're just locking someone in a room, it, it like, none like, of it, was, it. It was like we were living in, I don't know, the 1700s or something. Right, I, was I like, thought it was a flash, was I was like, this has to be a flashback right. to, like, yeah. it was Picard. Bizarre. 300 well, years ago. Yeah. 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 Hello, yeah. mommy. Yeah, my, my wife is a therapist, oh, and so, I mean, so we, you know, and, like, Lori, yeah, so we, we're just like, wait, what is going on here? Okay. This, I was this just is happy the 24th. season two was yeah. another antagonist yeah. that was an AI. So well, yeah, that's it. right. Yeah, I, but I mean, yeah. in the early 25th century, we should definitely have a better attitude about mental right. health and, and better you know treatments and plans for that. So. And I think Discovery's trying to do that. They are. And I also yeah. think Prodigy does it mm -hmm. because Prodigy really addresses the emotional needs of the characters, even though it's like a short show mm -hmm. and it's for kids. I feel like it it goes to emotional depths that I find very meaningful. It does, a, yeah, if you haven't checked out Prodigy, like it's just like refreshing and it's just like nice and Okay, I'll watch Picard and then I'm gonna watch Prodigy right after. Just watch <laughs> Prodigy. Okay. Okay. Well I appreciate that perspective because I'm sorry, I just one last thing. Uh, with you know, Star Trek when we grew up, it was all very the themes were the same. It was all escapist, but now it's just completely different. So I appreciate that perspective. I'll be able to but they, they all try to be yeah. hopeful in the end. They don't always okay. nail that landing, but they at least try. All right, having said that, Anthony, so, all right, so. Who's before, this guy? All right, it's Mance. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. So in terms of Star Trek being escapism, I don't know, if it was 1969 and you were watching Let That Be Your Last Battlefield, that would not be escapism. That True. would be an episode that was very much of the time. If you were True. watching Day of the Dove, that was entertaining, and it was escapism, but that was very much of the time. See, that was where Star Trek was great, where the original series in Next Gen and even DS9, which was darker, it was great because you had that balance of the escapism with the metaphors that were timely and relevant. Um, do you have a question, sir? Yes, I do. Uh, the question I have for you is actually, you, were, you mentioned Section 31, uh, and you said that that was in development, but I feel like as time has gone on and on, that show is becoming less and less likely. And I'm wondering if it's for two reasons. Laura, what you said about Michelle Yeoh's uh, uh, schedule filling up, with, which, which will, will hopefully be her, her uh, uh, FYC campaign for everything, everywhere, all at once. Yep. And if she does not get nominated for Best Actress in that movie, there is no justice. <laughs> um, but having said that also, um, because of the success of Strange New Worlds, everyone is like, finally, a Star Trek show that really does feel like Star Trek, in addition to Prodigy, for different reasons. So I'm wondering if the producers of Kurtzman and all those you know, showrunners are looking at it going like, well, yeah, the fans really want a Star Trek show that feels like Star Trek, and that is going to be a nail in the coffin for Section 31. And my question is, do you think that will happen? Well, I've always thought that the Section 31 show was like a placeholder. It's really the Michelle Yeoh show. They signed her to an option on it even before the second season of, of Discovery, right? Yeah. So, you know, where she became part of Section 31, then that became less of her storyline in Season 3. So who knows what it's going to be, action, adventure, crazy, espionage show, who knows? Well, um, at one point, didn't Alex Kurtzman describe it as, like, unforgiven? for Michelle's character or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so who knows what it's really going to turn out to be, right? It could be well, kind I mean, of it, anything. I think, like, to Scott's point, though, Michelle Yeoh, unfortunately, is problematic in any series that you put her in because well, her yeah. character... Because we have Emperor Georgia, not Captain Georgia. They took this wonderful character, and then they yeah. 
took this imposter and set her up as some yeah. kind of sympathetic character, which I never really got on board with. I'm still with. so mad. I, was with you on I that. want like yeah. I want more of Captain Giorgio. And, yeah, the original, Shenzhou. the real one, not yeah. this fraud. So, so, <laughs> so I, I, I just want to say I also think there's been a shift since they first started thinking about mm -hmm. that show, yeah. in because things in the world got pretty dark. Yeah. yeah. And so all of a sudden they realized, oh, I don't think people want that anymore. Like, so I, I think they're they're probably thinking of it in a different way anyway. I don't think it would be a dark show. I think they'd want it to be a fun action adventure spy show. We hope. It's tough to do yeah, with the big hope. murderer as the lead. All right. All right. So, are we out of time? So yes, we are out of time. So a couple quick announcements, ladies and gentlemen. So like I said, if you're not going, like I go to your Twitter page five times a day. <laughs> I swear to God. And I go to your website, trekmovie.com, five times a day. And after having Laurie on our podcast for Enterprise Incidents, which drops this Sunday, Laurie is joining us for our entire two and a half hour deep dive of Day of the Dove. And she is an awesome guest. And, you've, and, and by the way, because of you, I started listening to All Access every Friday so they can get this conversation on a weekly basis. So please make sure you listen to All Access on Trek Movie. And, and the Shuttle Pod. pod. And, and the After Show Pod. And, and see, this is why this, this panel could go on for the next two hours, because it, this, is, this is great conversation. Well, but we'll please, have to come back next year. And well, hopefully you could just keep the conversation going on your podcast. So thank you all. Extremely, yes. very, very Thank much. Everybody. Live and long and prosper. Sure Thank you, everybody. Thanks, guys. Now you, you, you are all part of the podcast now because we recorded this. Oh my gosh, I'm on your podcast! <laughs> you made it, Scott. <laughs> I think we're done. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Repeat. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys. Trackmovie.com. <laughs> well, that's it for the panel. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back on Friday for our regular weekly episode of All Access Star Trek, where I'll be joined again by Lori Ulster. Thank you for listening.